live and local across the city and South Cambridgeshire. This is Lee Chambers. Cambridge 105 Radio. You make me feel mighty real. I will dedicate that to the UEA cat. Sylvester, my daughter's at UEA and there's a cat on campus called Sylvester who roams around the campus and uh, brings brings light and joy to all the students there, pops up in uh, lectures, a regular attender of feminist theory apparently. And there's been merchandise now made with his face and name on, sold in aid of a local mind, a local mental health charity. It sold out in five hours. So he's a bit of a superstar, is Sylvester. As is my next guest, Caroline Yates. Uh, Caroline, nice to have you here, trycologist. Hello, thank you for having me back on. Uh, lovely to speak to you. You bring the weather with you. I know, I always bring beautiful weather with me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mind just pulling that microphone? Yes. Because I want to hear every word you say. Lovely, lovely story. So let's um, just remind us what a trichologist is. So we're um, hair and scalp specialists. So yeah, you might come to a trichologist if you've got any problems with your hair and scalp, um, either problems with hair loss, uh, with your scalp condition or the, with the condition of your hair. And you're here today to talk about hair loss. That's and right, yes. Is it always obvious if you... Do we need to talk about how you would know if you're losing your hair? Yeah, it's not always obvious. And uh, hair loss is really, really common. Um, the statistics say that at least sort of 70% of um, of women and 80% of men will experience some sort of hair loss throughout their lives. So... Um, and signs uh, can be... You can... I mean, it can be the traditional hair loss that you notice you're getting a bull patch or that you're, you're receding, but it also can be kind of more, a more diffuse hair loss. So you might think that um, I'm finding more hairs in the shower when I'm washing my hair and when I'm or, or, or when I'm brushing it or there's more sort of hairs on the carpet when I'm hoovering. Um, and sometimes it's hard to notice. A lot of people um, notice because the hairdresser first tells them or um, when we all started working on Zoom, a lot of people noticed... Um, but they, their hair wasn't um, looking as good as it used to. So, um, yeah, it's not always easy to tell that you're losing your hair. No. So it doesn't, uh, by hair loss, you mean it might just be a thinning out. Well, it might, yeah. I say just, that's still significant, isn't it? So diffuse hair loss um, is uh, a really common form of hair loss um, and it can have lots of different um, types of diffuse hair loss. Um, and a really common one is sometimes referred to as reflective hair loss. So that is something that's going on in your body that's causing you um, to lose your hair. Um, and this is uh, called telogen effluvium and it can have lots of different types of, um, of causes. Um, and they, the, the sort of the main culprits are nutritional deficiencies, especially iron. So sometimes women who have heavy periods um, are really deficient in iron and hair loss can be um, one of the main symptoms. Um, it can also be hormonal. So um, people with, say, underactive thyroid, um, people um, who are going through the menopause. Oestrogens e- are really hair-loving hormones, so lots of women find that their hair starts to thin out as they get older. Um, and then other uh, causes can be things like stress, um, illness, fever. Lots of people who had COVID um, kind of a few months down the line noticed that they were um, losing their hair. So um, diffuse hair loss is really, really common. And male pattern baldness, which is that genetic then? It is genetic, yes. So um, there's also there's male pattern baldness and there's female pattern baldness as well. Um, and the technical term is androgenetic alopecia. So um, it's genetic 
um, and it's also uh, caused by androgen hormones. So these start to be produced um, in puberty and um, there's a bit of a paradox that in puberty they cause um, hair growth, so um, underarm, pubic hair, facial hair on men, Um, But in some people um, who have that genetic susceptibility, it starts to um, make hair on your head shrink and it's called miniaturisation and your hair gets gradually weaker and finer. Um, So if you look at the head of a a bald man, you'll notice it's not smooth. It has actually got like a fine fine downy hair on it. Miniaturisation, that's a nice word. (laughs) So which ones are treatable? So there's things that you can do. Um, With male pattern baldness, there are two... um, medications that you can try Um, none of them are available on the NHS because it's not um, a life critical condition but um, the first one that many people try is called minoxidil and this is topical treatment that you can actually buy um, in the chemist or online under the name of Regain and that is something that you need to apply um, twice a day, every day, um, and it can take sort of six, nine months before you start to see a an increase in so your hair growth. It works on some people. Some people don't have um, the enzyme that's needed to create to um, change it into its um, form that it needs in order to work. Um, but in some people, in some guys, and women can use this as well, they do notice, they may not get all their hair back, but it definitely helps with uh, slowing down the progression. Um, and then the other treatment um, is just for men only, and that's called finasteride, and that is a tablet that you take once a day. Um, it generally costs about twenty-five to thirty pounds a month, so it's it's not that particularly expensive. Um, and you can go on to um, online pharmacists and complete um, a consultation there. So um, it has got, like all medications, they've got side effects and they don't work for everyone. But people that try them um, and like them. Um, they find that they don't go maybe as bald as their father or grandfather had done. And the other conditions that you mentioned, the thinning out and um, the the patches they get, are they treatable? Is that treatable? So for the uh, diffuse thinning, you have to um, get the root cause of what's causing it. So generally, um, I ask um, any patient that's come to me with that uh, to go to the GP to get blood tests. So generally, you look for things like the iron, as I mentioned, vitamins B12 and D, um, zinc, and um, they would also need a thyroid function test as well. So that's one of the first kind of things we would look at. Um, And sometimes it's really obvious, oh, you're really deficient in iron or you've got an underactive thyroid. And um, once people start taking um, prescription medication or over-the-counter iron supplements, again, with hair loss, it takes a long time to see any benefit. So it can take up to kind of 12 months before you start noticing anything. Um, Sometimes it's not really very easy to determine the cause of diffuse hair loss um so some people um have the condition for like years and years and it kind of goes in cycles so they have periods of intense shedding and then they have quieter periods so what i generally ask my patients to do is just sort of draw um, a map kind of of what's happening when they're experiencing hair loss um, what's happening in their life? Are they going through any stressful periods? Have they had any illnesses? Um, have they been on holiday and they noticed it's getting better? Um, that kind of thing. So you really have to sort of look at your lifestyle um, and see where you might be going wrong, really. 
Because, yes, I suppose the hair loss is the symptom, isn't it, not the cause. So you, yes. you, you need to treat the cause, not the exactly. symptom. Exactly. And there are some um, other causes of hair loss uh, which are autoimmune um, conditions. So these can be quite uh, more serious because they often cause permanent hair loss. So um, there's a couple um, that affect your eyebrows first. So sometimes uh, women especially, if they notice that they've lost hair on their eyebrows, um, it's, it's good for you to go to the doctors cause it might, or to see a trichologist because it might be that you start losing the hair on your head um, as a secondary thing. And these autoimmune conditions, they destroy the hair follicle itself so you can't regrow hair. And generally there's um, a, a condition that's only been described in the last kind of 20, 30 years, which is called frontal fibrosing alopecia. And that generally affects um, postmenopausal women and they lose their eyebrows, sometimes their eyelashes, and then gradually their hairline starts to recede. And it's, it's the, the, as I was saying about male pattern baldness, that you can see the fine downy hairs. Women or men with this condition, there's absolutely no hair there at all. So the skin looks quite smooth and quite shiny um, and it can not be noticeable. So sometimes, um, because it's really, really gradual, women haven't noticed it. And I had one patient who only noticed it because um, a mole had been kind of uncovered that she'd never noticed before. And she kind of looked back at photographs and realised, oh, definitely, yes, it was um, definitely receding. And unfortunately, once, once that hair has been lost, um, only sort of a hair transplant would really put that hair back. So the main thing with these conditions is to see um, a trichologist or a doctor or a dermatologist, ideally, um, to try and get some medications in order to slow down. So they generally prescribe things like uh, steroids to really treat the inflammation that's going on. And as, as the treatment, of course, it, you, you need to treat a bigger condition if that's what's causing it. But hair loss, I mean, it can have an incredible effect on self-esteem as well, can't Exactly. It? I mean, especially on women as well. I think um, it's generally more socially acceptable for men to lose their hair as they get older. But that doesn't mean to say that the guys are particularly happy about losing their hair. Um, but there are lots of things now that you can do um, in order to sort of the, the medications that I that I mentioned. Um, I mean, hair transplants are getting more and more popular. Um, there are some really good reputable surgeons um, in the UK. Um, and also there are, um, there are hair systems as well, which are kind of like modern day toupees, um, but they're sort of fitted um, to the head and you wear them as normal hair and they're cut as normal hair. Um, and these are available for both men and women as well. And there are some amazing hair pieces for women. Um, but definitely, I mean, self-esteem, you, you wear your hair every single day of your life. Um, and if it's, you know, it's one of the first things that people notice about you as well. So, um, and you're kind of judged, I think. I think if you... Um, if you're a woman and you've got really thin hair and you can see your scalp, you just feel, you don't feel very attractive um, and you just feel older and kind of like a wizened old lady sometimes because, you know, you haven't got that youthful, full head of hair that you had. Are there occasions where there's nothing that can be done and actually you just have to learn to live with it? Well, I think there's always something that can be done, even if it's just camouflage products like wigs or kind of hair fibres that make it look... Um, make, make it look thicker but for the, the hair loss conditions that um, you've tried the medication um, you've, you've checked with a trichologist that you know the hair follicles aren't viable anymore um, then you do, you do definitely need, need to learn to live with it 
um, but in a way that um, feels good for you. So, I mean, some people are more than happy just to shave their head. Yes, if you've got a good-shaped head. head, No, if you've got a beautiful, petite head, then go for it. (laughs) But um, other people do really prefer to wear wear wigs and hairpieces, absolutely. And when the regrowth, uh, I mean, people who've been affected by chemotherapy, for example, and lost hair, when their hair grows back, it's often quite different you know it might be curly or straighter yeah so um so chemotherapy um kind of stops it's called anagen effluvium the the hair loss that happens with chemotherapy and um it attacks the because it attacks the um the actively dividing cells that are in your hair follicle that are kind of similar to the cancer cells which you're actively dividing so that's why it um, targets the hair um and that is a really quick shed so people notice you know clumps of hair coming out and absolutely you're right it, it hair can grow back completely different than it was it can grow back straight when it was curly and vice versa it can grow back um, grey where it was you know a lovely dark colour before um, but then it can go back to your normal texture afterwards or it can stay like that so hair is hair likes to do its own thing, uh, <laughs> it, its own thing sometimes and do we naturally shed hair throughout the year anyway? I mean, I, I sometimes think, oh, I'm sure, you know, when it, it's summer, I seem to lose hair. Is that your, yeah. your body's way of kind of... That's absolutely normal. So generally towards the end of summer, we kind of lose, we go through a shedding period where we lose our hair. Um, and they think, you know, in some evolutionary um, prehistory that that, that that had some benefit, but obviously it doesn't really have. I mean, ideally, we'd, we'd want to kind of lose hair before summer, wouldn't we? So it wasn't, yes. it wasn't quite as hot. <laughs> and if people want to find out more information about you, Caroline, where should they go? So, yeah, so my website's cambridgetrichology.co.uk um, and you can also find links to my um, Instagram post as well um, and um, I'm happy to help you. Lovely, lovely to talk to you as ever. And your hair, of course, looking amazing. Despite the weather. Thank you very much. (laughs) Cambridge 105 Radio.